Coming up on a special episode of the Big Footy Podcast, we talk to the prosecutor and Malifus about uh, all things to do with the court case, uh, about the evidence presented, the witnesses, uh, what the judge has said, what we can expect in the future, and who the winners and losers were. All that and more, coming right up. tonight with uh, Malifus for the first time on the Big Footy Podcast and joined also by podcast regular and all things Essendon expert uh, prosecutor. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Good day. How are you, mate? Uh, it's been a long day. It's odd cat now, actually. It's uh, just gone through the pipeline today and uh, the prosecutor is dead and long live the odd cat. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seems I'm bored as well and decided a you know, change of scenery might be in the works. Uh, so the old cat is in the building. Okay. Nice. You heard it here first, people. The <laughs> <laughs> name change is as good as a holiday. Mal, how's your day been? Uh, it's been uh, it's been excellent, actually. Very, very, very different. Hanging out with a mate. Had a few things on today. So uh, still pretty cruisy. Just come back from London a few months ago. So yeah, getting amongst it. Excellent. I spent uh, most of my morning, as most of you will be aware, copying things from Twitter to the forum. Excellent. Um, Very noble pursuit. To the point where I may have developed RSI or something, but probably not as bad as the guy doing the actual Twittering, so... No, I spent all my day on on Tinder, so I also have RSI for swiping (laughs) right too much, so it's it's all pretty much the same thing. Again, another noble pursuit. (laughs) Anyway, um, we're going to talk briefly, just uh, get get some thoughts on how the case proceeded and where we're going to go from here. We must stress um, that while Malifus is actually a qualified lawyer, uh, this should not be construed as legal advice or even expert advice. (laughs) (laughs) Very inexpert. It's uh, it's purely a gut feel. It's purely opinion. And there are a dime a dozen at the moment. Um, And I do strongly recommend that if you would like a professional opinion that you read uh, the blog at sociallitigator.com. Um, it's a very good blog, that one. She's uh, put some thoughts together and things like that there, and they've got some updates. And not to mention um, uh, the Twitter feeds from uh, today as well. So you can find all of that in the aftermath thread that we're creating shortly. Mel, yep. how do you th- how, how did you see the case? Oh, uh, look, um, no surprises. Uh, I mean, not even you know, the, the big sort of AFL-related bombshells. I don't think anyone can really put their hand on their part and say they were genuinely surprised by that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get any real surprises from the case. I mean, I, I was kind of picking Andraska. She was going to get in a bit of, bit of strife, and she did yesterday. Um, Judge Middleton didn't say anything that really surprised me. He, he, he certainly seemed to indicate from most of his questions that, that you know, reading between the lines that he had, a, um, he had some serious doubts about the uh, legality of the joint investigation. And, and it, it's my gut feeling at this stage that I think he's probably going to hold that it was unlawful. Um, but, that said, sorry, Essendon faithful, um, it's also my opinion that I think he's going to let the show cause notices stand. And, and we could kind of see that. He, he was, 
he was happy with the AFL having the power to collect the information. And, you know, there's no doubt that ASADA can go to the AFL and get that information. Um, the question was whether they could do it at the same time. And in my mind, that answer is no. And nowhere is a joint investigation mentioned in the legislation. Um, and for reasons that are fairly easy to understand when one looks at that trial, the conflict of interest that ASADA found itself in. I mean, obviously, the AFL was conflicted trying to look after Essendon, while at the same time, you know, trying to punish them, get the interim report to, uh, to, to hit them up with the fines. Um, at least three times uh, throughout in the early stages of the investigation, that conflict between the AFL and ASADA reared its ugly head. And we had the interim report was one of them. Um, that was a big one. We had the, uh, the player, uh, you know, the waivers. We will, uh, we at ASADA hereby agree to give the Essendon players favourable treatment, um, those things, the, uh, effectively the pleas. And some of the assurances that were being given, uh, that secretly taped video message was another one. Um, and we saw Assad had tried to distance itself from the AFL a few times before, but basically they cut all ties. Um, yeah, my, my, my feeling is that he's going to... Um, I, I, I do have a feeling throughout the trial that his honour had, had more or less made his mind up, which is unsurprising. Um, or was, was... Sorry, let me say that in a different way. was certainly leaning a certain way. And his questions were fairly consistent throughout to, uh, to both sides. Um, I think the only thing that's going to delay now is going to be his honour, obviously, finalising that decision, and he's going to be very, very, very thorough in writing the decision up because, you know, we have a, a small army of Queen's councils hovering around, ready to, uh, ready to jump on any one typo or um, ambiguous passage in the, uh, in the, in the reasoning. All right, Pross, um, what are your thoughts, Mark? All right, uh, I'll throw a question your way, Malthus. Um, yep. Perhaps the biggest one to come out of that is the fact that um, I get, I'm of the same opinion as well that the investigation will be found to be unlawful. However, yep. the uh, show cause notices will stand. Yeah. Uh, I guess the yeah. I guess <laughs> the question to throw to you then is why can how can this investigation be found illegal? Yet mm. at the same time, the Asada be able to uh, get Keep records, notices. Records. Yeah. yeah, to get these. Yeah. Records, and those um, still to be, um, you know, because just from my um, outside perspective when it comes to legal matters, yep. it would seem like uh, if you were to have an investigation to be ruled illegal, then surely the information that was gathered, gathered during that process, specifically those interviews where it, that very much was a joint interview, yep. how they can still stand. At the, yeah. At, in the transcripts from those specific interviews, I can understand if the AFL, for instance, did the interviews again or Assad yep. did them separately. But yep. yeah, I guess you get the gist where I'm saying how can that actually stand when they've been found to be illegal. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was, and I, again, I go back to, I mean, there's a there's a broad sort of answer to that question. I mean, and the starting point is it, it's not always, you know, black or white. You know, it's not always all or nothing. You know, the, the, the judge may found may very well find it. It looks like he will find, you know, irregularities or problems with the actual investigation process itself. But then when he turns his mind to the outcome, I mean, for example, his honour has been very clear. He's, he said it a few times that, I mean, he's not going to be making any declaratory judgments. You know, he's not going to basically saying, Asada, you can never, ever issue show cause notices to these Essendon players. He, he's not going to go that far. And that the reason for that is, is that his honour is, is quite aware of the fact. And Asada's submissions actually contained a lot, a lot in this. And this is what led me to, to think Asada have effectively conceded the, the joint investigation was unlawful. They contained a lot of case law in their submissions about 
illegally or you know unlawfully obtained evidence still being allowed in after the fact, uh, even after being declared unlawful. And they use a lot of examples in relation to like illegally executed search warrants, where after the trial, the judges said, well, yes, the search warrant's unlawful. However, there was absolutely nothing stopping the police from going back in tomorrow and executing a lawful search warrant. Or in fact, you know, the, the police may have already done so. So there's actually nothing to be gained by ruling out the, the evidence that was obtained. And it's, it's going to be a similar sort of thing here, I, I feel. I mean, his honour has basically has indicated a couple of times that there, there's literally nothing stopping Asada from, from reissuing the show cause notices. I mean, from, from writing to the AFL and saying, under the Act, under the Asada Act, we're requiring you to forward information that you hold to re-interview re the players, re-forward that inv information to us, and then we will reissue show cause notices based upon that information. So, so just to confirm, if they were yeah, to yeah. reissue show cause notices and... I mean, we assume they'd have to have the interviews. They would have to restage the interviews to get those yep. transcripts, or would they be able to use the current transcripts? Uh, it depends on what his honour. His honour might rule that the evidence obtained is tainted beyond all. It just has. It has to be excluded. It's tainted and just cannot be used. In which case, the show cause notices can either stand as they are, excluding that evidence. And Asada raised issues with this as well, where he may very well let the show cause notices stand and let any future decision makers, such as the anti-doping rule violation panel and the AFL tribunal, if it comes to that, if the show cause notices are upheld and the players are entered on the register of findings, allow them to use that information because they're not bound by the same rules of evidence that a court is. So the anti-doping rule panel, they can take into account any evidence. They're not bound by normal common law rules of hearsay or anything like that, and, and neither of the AFL tribunal. So they don't have those rules. So they could use that illegally obtained evidence if they wanted to, with a caveat on it that it was obtained unlawfully. So as to what weight they put on that evidence is a different story, but, but he could allow that. And that was the whole downstream decision-making process that they were arguing. His Honour's got really... I mean, we're presuming, again, that the joint investigation's unlawful. He's got two, a couple of options here. He, he could strike the whole thing out ultra virus, and I don't think he's going to do that. That would be the best result for Essendon. Um, he could make declaratory orders, ruling parts of the evidence unlawful, but not prohibiting Asada from going off and recollecting that evidence. So in that case, the show cause notices would stand with effectively parts redacted. You know, and it would be up to Asada, if they wished, to go out and recollect that evidence. Um, or he could just let them stand as are, with a, a caveat on them effectively for any downstream decision makers to be mindful of some of the evidence it contains. And I think they're the three most likely outcomes. There's a few others scattered in there that he, his honour might, uh, might pursue, but they'd be the three I think he'd be looking at. All right. Um, just my reading of this case from today, and again, I stress I'm not, I'm not a lawyer by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. uh, basically from reading the transcripts from today through Twitter and everything, I get the impression that the judge wasn't overly impressed with uh, James Hurd's lawyers and their argument. What was... Um... Yeah, that, that was my feeling as well. There was a couple of points where he stopped um, Hurd's counsel um, in his summation and they had a, a fairly rigorous debate about the interpretation of a couple of sections. I think section 13 was one of them. And it was very clear from the end of that... Uh, to and fro between the parties that his honour still didn't agree with the interpretation that was being put forward to him. And, and I do think, I do feel that, um, that the herd camp in particular, we're, we're, we're trying to, I think, too narrowly constrain the act. 
Um, you know, there was a lot of information about uh, NAD scheme information being released. And, I, you know, I thought that the, the, the NAD scheme information was dealt with pretty much day one. His honour pretty much indicated that he was pretty happy with the release of the interim report being for a purpose related to a NAD scheme violation. You know what I mean? It wasn't really in contest. And my understanding was heard today, was Heard's camp, sorry, was trying to, uh, trying to narrow that one down a bit too much for his honour's liking. So, yeah, that, that, that was my reading of that anyway. Cross, Cross did, did you see that one? Uh, I guess uh, to deviate a little bit, I found the most interesting thing today um, when Justice Middleton was um, putting forward the proposition that um, oh, when he was discussing what um, remedies could come out of it in regards to, uh, you know, the show course notices in general, and yep. it was suggested that um, the AFL that if, um, you know, you want the whole show cause notices to be ruled ultra-viry or whatever, you'd have to bring the AFL in as a party. Uh, I don't know uh, if you saw that particular tweet because... Um... Yeah, I think he was more... If he ruled them ultra-virus, there was a discussion today. I don't know if this is the same one, but His Honour was, was referring to, you know, if they were ruled ultra-virus, like, what would stop... Yeah. And he did ask this question, like, what would simply stop ASADA from going back to the AFL as they're clearly authorised to do to request information and from the AFL forwarding them that information. In other words, like what's to stop the ASADA from simply yep. assuming this process is polluted from simply starting again? Yep. You know, and, and I think that was his main, and it was never really answered by anyone. Um, obviously ASADA didn't answer it because that was their whole issue. Even if this is knocked on the head, we're just going to do it again. We're going to issue them again and they'll be out within a week or two. Yep. So why not? Why not? They'll contain exactly the same information that they do now. So, uh, so why knock them on the head? Twitter. So I believe um, coming back to that, I believe that's why um, I think it was how how's the yep. yep. Um, he suggested that if to stop it completely, Essendon would have to bring the AFL as a party to the case. It was interesting the AFL weren't called, and and you know, Wook and I were were discussing that a bit earlier. I mean, they they're not really all that relevant, and none of the evidence in relation to the AFL was was questioned or challenged by anyone. Um, in relation to Heard, in particular, had a lot to say about what the AFL were and weren't doing, you know, what he was and wasn't told, and uh, you know, a few tip-offs that uh, Andrew Dimitri may or may not have made um, before the uh, the club may or may not have self-reported. But, uh, yeah, yeah, look, um, the AFL went and didn't, weren't necessarily required to be a party. I mean, it was, it was really the... Asada were the ones who were alleged to have act, acted ultra-virus and, you know, there was no real... I mean, AFL witnesses could have been called, but neither of the parties saw it relevant to do so. And it's, his honour couldn't really make a... can't really make a judgment against AFL. Well, they're, they're a corporation, I suppose he can, but there was no grounds pleaded against the AFL. You know, the AFL didn't yep. have a case to answer. They were just... were been called in as ancillary witnesses in case, I don't know, Dimitri wanted to pop in and say he didn't tip anyone off. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, not really relevant. We might hear a little bit more about uh, the Nitro uh, Crime Commission thing later on, hopefully. We'll uh, see that goes. Uh, so how, how long before we get a result from this? Uh, how long before the judge rules? Yeah, it's common practice for a judge to reserve his decision. Um, very common practice. They, they, they do do it pretty much all the time. I was hopeful his honour might give some indication. Um, and I, I certainly have the feeling that he is leaning a certain way. Um, it just depends how long it takes him to write it. Effectively, he's got to go to, go through and write the the full, you know, ratio decidendi, the reasons for his decision. 
um, you know, and everything else in there, um, including Obita, any passing comments he wants to make about what went wrong, why it went wrong, and, you know, what ASADA and other, you know, Commonwealth bodies should do in the future to avoid this from occurring. So, you know, we'll get clarity. Both sides had valid arguments. So, you know, it's an, it is an important legal case from a legal perspective to, to clarify exactly what ASADA can or cannot do. Um, but he's going to be very thorough, as I've said. I mean, we have some very experienced Queen's counsels um, are going to be reading that with, with a very, you know, that they'll be looking for any anything they can twist and perhaps take to an appeal to the full court. Um, I know both sides have ruled out appeals, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens once the uh, once the final decision is re- um, released. Mm. I, I would anticipate two weeks would be my ballpark figure. Okay. All right. And what's the process for the decision being released? So will all parties have to come back to court? Will it just be distributed to the parties? Or Yeah, generally they'll be called back in. Um, the court will notify them of a time when his honour will, will bring them in and will generally read out the result to them. And I, I dare say that that will be probably televised at that point. It's such a high-profile case. Um, I'd be very surprised. I mean, his honour had already approved for full televisation of the you know, the, the, the opening submissions. So I would not be surprised to see if that was not televised. You know, he would notify the parties and give them a few days. And, yeah, it should be released on the court's website. So it'll be a reported decision, um, and you'll be able to download it and read through it. And I, for one, I'm looking forward to having a bit of a look and seeing what his honour says. I have a feeling that his honour is going to mention a fair bit of... A, where Asada failed is they, they failed to keep the AFL at arm's length and they worked too closely with them and in the process polluted their own decision-making. They cannot be said to have made impartial decision-making when they were so closely bound with the AFL. I think that's their problem here, and I reckon that's what he's going to hit them with. But, you know, flip a coin. All right, Pross, um, I noticed Essendon changed their submission, their original submission, apparently, uh, from what they were going to today. Um, Do you have any idea what brought that on? Uh, to be honest, I'm not across what the change to the submission was. Do you have a Wasn't... summary of it? or they, all, all I saw this morning was that uh, Essendon had requested a change in their... Uh, well, had said that they... Uh, were... I think I saw that. Yeah, they, they pleaded... Uh, I think it was the herd camp, actually. Ple- they effectively were pleading a new grounds um, today. Um, I, I didn't get. I wasn't completely all over it. His Honour stopped them and said, "Well, if you want to plead that, you'll have to amend your statement of claim, because you, you know your statement of claim isn't currently pleading that particular arm." Okay. I think it was an issue in relation to that paragraph 13 thing. Oh, I'm not all over it either. But did they request permission? Did they? They said that they were changing their their argument or something this morning. Okay. I honestly can't yeah, they, remember. They it was raised, 12 raised hours ago now. Today and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I missed that one, so I apparently talked too much. on All I saw was they wanted to... I think they wanted to add another arm, like another grounds in for their for their claim there. And His Honour talked about it and said, well, if you want to do that, you'll have to amend your, uh, your statement of claim. All right, so they've been given another 24 hours to put in written submissions, I believe? Yeah, I think that's connected to that as well, yeah. Um, however, from what I saw, both the Essendon lawyers and the Asada lawyers didn't want the time, so I think it's just the herd camp, potentially, that are going to be making use of that. And what's... Yeah, and I would assume Asada would get a, a reply in relation to that as well, if they're going to make a, a fresh, particularly if they're going to make a fresh pleading, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right. Pross, just uh, non-legally, what's your read on uh, herd status at Essendon now? 
Well, to be honest, I don't think much has changed um, from this court case. I mean, the only thing that really has, as Malifus alluded to before, the only real thing that's changed in this is that stuff's just become under oath. We already knew about the uh, the alleged tip-off. We already knew about um, the threats or, you know, the speculation about threats in signing the deed or settlement. So, I mean, the only real thing that, I mean, even slightly, you could say this fresh is that he um, that heard finally admitted that it was words placed in his mouth when it came to taking full responsibility and um, you know other decisions and press conferences and statements that got released. So, to be honest, I don't think too much changes. I think the I think the end game when it comes to heard not coaching will be if infraction notices are issued and are upheld when it comes to either Hurd himself, obviously, and particularly the players. So for me, I, I still think that he'll be coming back under a contracted thing. I mean, I'm on record as being um, preferring to go towards a different direction, a la Thompson, but, you know, I think it's uh, at this point it's inevitable that he'll be back barring any infraction notices being issued. Do you, do you think on that, on that boss, like, I mean... Effectively, I mean, Herd's, Herd did a pretty good job of throwing Evans under a bit of a bus. I mean, he basically told him Evans was the one that told him to lie to Asada, and yep. you know, Evans was the one who self-reported and pulled him aside and said, you know, this this is this is the story we're going to spin effectively. So he did a reasonably good job of throwing. I mean, there's a, a CEO and a chairman, chairman, isn't it? Through, through yeah, it was the, the chairman. Board. Yeah, so did a, did a bit of a hatchet job on 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 Ev. Not a not a, a bad one. It wasn't anything we didn't know, but I mean. You know, he, he kind of announced it to the world, and he sort of turned on the AFL a bit as well. And you know, we we know what he said about Demetrio and uh, and Old Gillen there. And I, just for mine, I was looking at it, going, I mean, if this goes pear shaped, you know, I mean, if if worse comes to worse, the show cause notices stand, and you know, like they're upheld, and it goes to tribunal, and you know, doomsday sort of eventuates. I mean, it's the AFL. I mean, the Essendon Football Club are going to be relying upon the AFL extremely heavily for financial you know, draft sanctions to field, potentially field a side next year. I mean, it, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. And I, I just, I was sort of, I was somewhat surprised by Heard sort of effectively throwing the AFL in it. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I do have a concern about whether or not he can go on after that. I yeah. That's, that's... There's a couple of aspects from that um, to address. The first one is the David Evans, James Heard issue. Um, yeah. I find it. I seem to be in the very, very. Um, the, I'm very much in the minority of Essendon supporters when it comes to. I think it was James Heard throwing Evans under the bus as opposed to Evans apparently throwing Heard under the bus. If you ask the most, yeah. It's it's an interesting. It'd be a very interesting psychological observation. Um, it'd, it'd be a gold mine for student psychologists or people going for PhDs or yeah, like to actually have a look at this investigation and analyze some of the, um, the mindsets of supporters. But yeah, yeah. Thing, I find that um, I don't, I can't see how weapons is the bad guy in this um, specifically with the, uh, the tip off thing. Um, I mean, all that's happened is Evans may or may not have told her that, um, you know, just don't mention Demetrio telling, telling us or whatever. As it turns out, from what I've heard from a couple of sources, um, Demetrio never actually told Evans that 
yes, you're under investigation by the ACC. He's a smarter man than that. He, you know, he raised some comments about investigate, you know, drugs and sport, rah rah rah, some concerns, and Evan put Evans put one and two together and, and got that. He just, and he just happened to be, he just happened to call Essendon, who was the team under suspicion. And Andruska's notes were fairly clear on that. I mean, everyone in yeah. that room knew. Yeah. Without the ACC saying it, everyone knew precisely yeah. who was. Yeah. And this conversation with Evans first happened before that 31st meeting on the 31st, from what I understand. In any case, um, I mean, the in the end, Evans has just asked to have heard. Fair enough, Heard's gone to the investigators and mentioned that. I mean, that's his prerogative and mm. no harm done there. Where the harm was done, I believe, was when Heard went to Mark Robinson in August of last year, I believe it was, and let this out into the public thing, uh, public sphere, if only to get back at um, Andrew Demetrio and try to knock him off, at the expense yeah. of David Evans. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the act that I see of throwing someone under the bus, not Evans yeah. just asking. Um, For mine, it was it was it was heard again declaring war on the AFL, and and I was just looking, yeah. going, ah, oh, like the AFL were the ones that, I mean, it, it's like even the other day, the AFL were the ones that tipped Essendon off. You know, yep. I mean, well, it depends on who you want to believe in. And you can clearly see the AFL have been trying their hardest to look after the Essendon players throughout the whole process. All right. We, I mean, they're always going to find the club, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. We're covering some old ground there. Um, can I just yeah, uh, yeah. go to the second point of Malthus' thing when yes, it comes mate. to cooperation with the AFL and Herd's, um, I guess, vitriol towards them? Yep, go nuts, man. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's a very pertinent point. I think it comes back to the... I don't know if arrogance is the term, but the the shortness of the uh, the football club, and I think that was typified by um, the club releasing a statement on the very day short show calls is- notices were issued, with the club belief mm. saying they were of the firm belief that no cause uh, show calls notices would be issued. And yeah. I mean, it that statement seemed at the time very very short sighted. Yeah. And I guess it comes back to this now that it's another short sighted approach, especially from Heard. I think he the thing that frustrates me about um my fellow Essendon supporters is is there is a large group who seem to put Heard either equal with or greater than the club. And yeah. I, I you, you know you're I preaching you're preaching to the converted on that one. Yeah. And I understand to Heard it's fair enough that he puts himself first. I mean that's that's survival. It's fair enough. I completely understand. However, that at the same time, is detrimental to Essendon's cause, and in the very likely event that infraction notices are issued, and I mean, then it becomes debatable whether they actually get upheld or whatnot. But yes. let's say they are for the reasons yeah. of this discussion. Then you're right; we're between a rock and a hard place because you know we've bit the hand that feeds us. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that was that was. I guess that was my only concern. You know, like it's it just seems it just seemed to me to be madness. I mean, and and it started back just before the interim report when the parties declared war on one another, and and you know Evans from mine was just saying, look, James, be honest, do the right thing, you know, let's let's get this up in front. If if anything's happened, something's happened, but let's be you know let's be open and honest about it, but just don't say anything about the Demetrio thing because we're going to need the AFL later on. If worse comes to worse, we're going to need the AFL. Yeah, and it, that seems to have gone a little bit out the window now. So yeah, because obviously anyway. it's. Heard's obviously fighting for survival, but at the time he was as well. Yeah. I think his, I think his solution was, well, you know, if I'm going down, I'm bringing you with me, and bringing the AFL down with me. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what that's 
they'd serve no one to any benefit at all. I mean, Demetrius got a plum job on the um, crown board. He's gone out. Well, not with his head held. Oh, well, you'd say he's... He hasn't been... He doesn't have a clean slate, but I mean, you know, he's got out of the game. He's not going to have any problems with this um, ACC uh, tip-off, let's be mm. honest. I mean, that I think the time for that's come and gone. And I mean, all yeah. Hurt's done is, you know, smeared the club, smeared his name, and... Um, more or less put us in the shit should, as you said, should um, down the road we require, uh, require AFL assistance. So, again, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's mutually assured destruction, except it's it, it's madness, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. I mean, we, we uh, just think back to our salary cap infractions, uh, infractions at Carlton. You know what I mean? We fought it, fought it, fought it, then a couple of days later, just we just no, fell, fell in the line. You know, and yeah, it hurt, but, you know, at the end of the day, that was, it was the right thing to do. You know, yep. and, and you know, we, you can't really sit there and go, well, you know, hey, we, we, we you know, we, we took John Elliott's name off the stand, you know, we, we sacked him, we got a whole new, you know, bunch of dudes in, you know what I mean? Like, we, we, yep. we sold our soul to move to another ground. We went through all that stuff, you know, like, you know, so, you know, if, if anything, it's, it's, it's odd that a lot of Carlton supporters probably have sympathy for you guys as well, you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's, it's a rough time. I mean, you know, we, 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 I was there 10 years ago, mate, so I know exactly what you're going through with that as well. All right. Um, I just want to wrap it up. I want to keep this uh, relatively short and fast, and we're uh, running out of my allocated yeah, time for this. Um, who, yeah. who, 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 in your opinion, guys, were the winners out of this? The lawyers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're talking a solid six-figure sum has gone over the last, last three days, like a solid six-figure sum. Yep. I think Justice Middleton came out looking pretty good out of this. Definitely, he uh, did. Yeah, he did. He, uh, he gave everyone a fair hearing. He um, came off as logical, uh, in touch yep. with both parties. And, uh, yeah, I can't fault him. I don't think anyone has been able to fault him on both yeah. sides of the fence. Yep. Ask smart questions. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was well over all the issues. Um, His Honour opened uh, with, a, with a joke, with the, uh, the bouncing the ball down thing at the, uh, the commencement of the trial, which was, uh, as I said, was met by many guffaws from the bench. So... Uh, you know, it was uh, it was quite funny, but yeah, he was uh, he was definitely switched on. I mean, he, he asked he was he was asking all the right questions. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's I've a great deal of faith in his honour. I think the MVP for this round though goes to uh, Chris Chaos, the guy tweeting from the uh, the court himself. Just yep. No one yeah. knew who he was, and now everyone knows who he is. <laughs> it's gone up to a solid two thousand five hundred followers when I followed him <laughs> about one hundred. Uh, he's, he's, he's put have... his name up in lights and good on the lad. I mean, it's it's a great way to take the initiative in your career as well, just to go down, you know, go to an event, bloody, uh, get around it and just, well, with social media, just tweet about it and, you know, here he is. He's got his name up in lights and Some, I'm good someone on get him. A, someone get him a sponsor. So that, those, are obviously, yeah. those are obviously the winners. Who were the losers out of this? AFL. Um, yeah, look, the AFL look bad. They're, they're going to be quiet about it. Um, they, I, I mean, it was all about damage mitigation for them because, as you say, they they had no real right of response. It was just hopefully as little comes out as possible of their misgivings. And uh, I guess I, I while they lost, I don't think it was anything that was too detrimental yeah. to their cause. But I think um, Asada and specifically Andruska came out of this looking... Rather she did, yeah. She 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 looked quite bad, unfortunately. She she did look like someone who was a little bit in over her head to start with. 
Um, yep. They'd gone from nothing until, you know, the blackest day in Australian sport. She had pressure coming from her from all sides. And unfortunately, I don't think she was she was over it. I mean, for mine, the, the loser out of this would be Australian rules football. I mean, that's, for mine, over this whole saga, this last couple of years, I mean, and I've been pretty strong on this, I suppose. You know, we should be sitting there laughing at Jack Watts jokes. You know what I mean? Like, this this is just, it's just been dragging on and on and on, you know, and it's, it's, it's an international thing, you know. Like, people are watching this. WADA's watching this. Um, you know, we've got the finals a couple of weeks away. We've got a couple of block, blockbuster matches on the weekend, and, you know, we're sitting there dissecting a court case that, mm-hmm. that probably should just never have happened. I mean, it, none of this should ever have happened. Right. You know, footy, footy's a release, not, uh, yeah, not this. Very uh, true. It's a good, yeah, it's a good summation. All right, we're going to leave it there then. Thanks very much for coming on at short notice, uh, Pross, or whatever you call yourself these days. <laughs> no worries, the, the artist formerly known as Prosecutor. And uh, I like it. <laughs> and I, think, think, I think I'm picking the wrong time to get out of the legal username profession. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you very much, uh, Malifus, for your thoughts and feedback on the cases and whatnot today. Again, we stress uh, he is a lawyer, but this should not be construed as legal advice uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely. But if you, have, right, mate, no if you have questions on real estate law, yeah, yeah, let send him a PM. <laughs> Any, any housing law. Click one. <laughs> I, of course, have been the Wookiee. I know nothing about any of this. And uh, we'll see you all uh, on the forums. Tomorrow night we'll be doing the main Big Footy podcast, so uh, tune in when that comes up. But thanks all the same.